Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of The Hollywood Podcast, covering the latest in film, TV, streaming, and social media. I'm your host, Max Geshwind. Stay tuned for today's episode. All right, everyone, thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode. And I'm so fortunate to have with me today the iconic Emmy-winning music director, composer, producer, um, the list goes on, Ricky Minor, who's nominated this year for his 13th and 14th Emmy nominations for um, his work on the 43rd and 44th Kennedy Center Honors. Um, Ricky, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me. Man, I'm so happy to be here. Love talking about music anywhere. Yeah. So you've been through the Emmy ringer before, obviously, over the years since this is your 13th and 14th nominations. But, you know, your work on Kennedy Center honors these past two years is definitely different from the honors that you did pre-pandemic. Can you talk about sort of the uncharted territory that you entered working on these two COVID Kennedy Center honors and the challenges that you faced? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, and this is uh, something that we all face, like, and and so uh, we're not unique in dealing with this, but the world had to deal with it. It's not unique to our, our country, uh, but it's worldwide. And I think that it definitely took some introspective for all of us to pause and, and say, hey, here's, this is a new normal. So how do we move forward in it? And at first, it, it really paralyzed everyone, like, what are we going to do? But I think that um, as we, you know, get into the weeds of what it takes to produce a show like this, uh, we had to find ways to to do things outdoors, out of the box, and outside of our own uh, limitations and imagination. So I think the first year um, that we had to pivot this forty third year and not do it in December was was hard because it just wasn't feasible uh and it was too much uh too many unknowns of of how to uh but i think that you know uh all credit to the producers uh white cherry productions and and the kennedy center for figuring out we have this big sprawling campus let's figure out how to use that and be outdoors for a lot of it so we we ended up being um in, in, in the various halls, outside of the theater, in various places within the property. And it made for a, a different type of show. Uh, and, and then we had to figure out what needed to be pre-recorded, what music ne- needed to be done a lot earlier because doing choreography for an outdoor thing where people are moving around, you have to time it exactly that you can get to the next spot. You know, so there's a lot involved and sonically who would be singing it, and how to do it. So it took a lot of pre-production where normally we don't have that kind of pre-production. We have a a week from the day we arrive to the day we leave. And that includes everything from rehearsal, pre-record of some of the theme and bumpers and that part of it. If we have a choir, I mean, there's so much to do in very little time and we just cram it in. And every year they've managed to get the show finished and, and on air. Um, so the first year was really challenging. The second year, not as much, but still, COVID is still uh, here. And, and and if anyone thinks it's not, I mean, just look around to your left and to your right, and you've got friends and family affected by this. So, um, but it was, uh, 
you know, we still had masks. We were indoors, but it 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 it, it ended up being it ended up being um, a lot. Um, sorry about that. My uh, I meant to turn this off before yeah. you got on. All right, and it's off. Um, I'm sorry. So I think that that they were different, but yet the same because the end result is to honor these these incredible artists in the work that they do. And and I think that that's the key is to stay focused on on what our mission is. Mm -hmm. So you're obviously a master at, you know, putting on these televised annual award celebrations, Kenny Center honors, but also Oscars and Grammys, which you've been nominated for multiple times in the past. When you approach something like the Kennedy Center honors, do you tend to use the same playbook that you used the year before and in incorporating similar elements? Or do you start anew with each year's um, awards ceremony well, that you approach? Every, not only every year is different, every day is different, you know? And so I don't go in with a playbook that this is going to work for this artist or this day or this particular show. So my goal and, and my my um i think my job is to meet everyone right where they are and then move forward you know because you can't move forward unless you know where you are so there is the there's the honoree and my my uh reverence for them and my understanding of their career and i go in a deep dive of of their of their work and their material and then as we book artists i look at how can we uh the Kennedy Center and the performers and the musicians, everyone really connect with this body of work. And it's massive most times. I mean, this you don't win this award and you 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 just had, you know, you just did your first Broadway show, or you just did your first movie. It doesn't happen that way. So this is a, a big body of work. And then uh, I try to figure out how to connect to them. What would what would move them? what would would give them the kind of love that they've given us all these years you know and then with the artists helping find the right song the right tone the right fit so there's a lot of of work goes into uh once the nominees are are announced uh and then it's the the team uh that books the artists and the producers deciding on who and sometimes i'm i'm involved in that part of it and sometimes i'm not and i'm fine I'm like, I'm happy to be wherever I am. I'm happy to be there. I don't have a desire to be everywhere. So if I'm needed, I want to be there. If I'm not needed, I'm good. You know? Yeah. So once that decision is made, it's about finding material. Yeah. Some of my favorite um, performances to watch from this past honors was um, the whole Motown tribute to Barry Gordy, whether it was, um, you know, Andrew Day or Smokey Robinson or um, Stevie Wonder when he performed Higher Ground, as well as the cast of Hello, Dolly! doing You Gotta Have Friends in tribute to Bette Midler. Those were some of the highlights for me. But was there a particular performance of this most recent or the one before, either of the ones you've been nominated for this year, um, that you're particularly proud of having successfully executing? That's such a difficult one because yeah. you would be picking one of over the other yeah. but that's not how i look at it i look at at what the effect that it had on the honoree that's you know and i i could single out i don't know five or six of it of it or just off the top of my head 
Uh, one in particular was the uh, the Joni Mitchell performance uh, by Brittany Howard uh, and Herbie Hancock with the orchestra of both sides now and looking at and hoping to find which song would work or or how it would work for the artist, whatever they wanted to do. So I wanted, uh, I may have had a song that I thought, but I'm going to lean into what the artist wants to do and what they feel connected to. And so Brittany doing both sides now, bringing in Herbie Hancock and making the call to him to ask him to do it with her because Herbie and Joni have a beautiful, long-standing relationship, including his his Grammy Award Album of the Year was the Joni Letters. And they've worked together for many years. There's a lot of respect between the two. I knew that that would move her. And then his playing uh, is just otherworldly. And I've been been a friend and, and a fan longer than, than a friend of Herbie Hancock. Uh, and then I brought in Vince Mendoza, who had who uh, did all the arrangements for her Both Sides Now album years later. And she talked about like really knowing, like didn't really know what the song really meant until you're older. You don't understand that I've looked at life from both sides, you know, uh, the ups and downs, the ins and outs, all of that is just moving. And I think that performance really still moves me when I look at, when I take a look at the show, mm-hmm. just moving performance. Uh, and and there are a lot of others in that show. Of course, I mean you can't go wrong with Stevie Wonder and Barry. You know uh, the the um, uh, Christian Wig uh, and com- coming out uh, uh, and and doing the whole Blues Brothers thing with Kate McKinnon. You know, I mean those moments are, are just great, great TV and great moments. Uh, the other in there uh, was. Uh, Billy Porter's uh, uh, performance of uh, From a Distance. And uh, it just really moved me. I mean, because he sang from a place. I mean, he has a, a relationship with her and, and you know, got one of his first songs placed with with her. And and there's a there's a, a love there, you know. And that performance with the choir and all the stuff, you know. I mean, it just had you really feeling emotional. Yeah. Um, what else is there that? Well, I mean, everything. There's a, tons of other stuff in that show. I would say for the first show would be um, uh, the Debbie Allen stuff because my, my one of my, my relationship with Debbie was I was a, a freshman at UCLA and I saw on the bulletin board uh, it was um, musicians wanted sidelining. It was $75 a day and I was a freshman and $75, let me tell you, at that time, I mean, I could have retired off seventy-five dollars a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, it was it was like amazing, and and that but that show was fame. And so I met her. I met Ken Ehrlich. I mean, the, the, these are people who changed my life. And you don't know. That's the thing about about life and and magic. You don't know what you're stepping into. You don't know what the next thing is going. What the next person you meet may change your life forever. And uh, that that got it started for me, you know, and I was a young bass player. I started playing bass when I was 13. So I was just uh, 17 when I when I when I graduated from high school. So in four years, I was sidelining on a TV show and that led to more opportunities with Debbie. And I still work with her a lot whenever she has anything that she's doing musically. She'll she'll get me on the phone and said, honey, child, I need your help. You know, mm-hmm. so uh, that was special to me to be on to be able to honor her. 
And, um, and then I think, um, um, what, what else in there? Um, um, well, it's so cool how that comes so full circle with oh, Debbie after all these years, you yeah. know, and you're working with her so intimately on the first Kennedy Center Honors. Um, you touched on something earlier I'd like to delve more into. Um, could you, um, I guess, share some insight into that intimate one-on-one collaboration that you have with the artist um, in, you know, how the um, performance is going to look like? I know you said that sometimes you have... Um, uh, decision-making role in choosing the artists that should perform in tribute to the honoree. Sometimes you don't, but yeah. when you are able to make that decision, um, what's the criteria? What do you consider um, when choosing? And then from that point, what's that um, collaboration like with them? Well, sometimes there's performances where the artist has never met the honoree. Yeah. You know, and so there's a lot of pressure and like, how do I, how do I, how do I, you know, like, how do I have a performance that the army will love? And you don't know that. But I think that that finding the right song and then the right arrangement, because that's the other thing. The artists don't, they don't need a karaoke version of their song. Right. They need someone's interpretation. And what I look at it is their love letter to the artist. It's like, you know, uh, if it weren't for you, there would be no me kind of feeling about. That's what you should feel, that that their influence is is not only uh, impactful, but it's life-changing. And so that's what we want to achieve and we find the right tone. Sometimes it's orchestra, sometimes it's just piano vocal. I mean, you have to really look at it. And then you have all the different genres from, from Ustino Diaz uh, and, and, and you know a, a bass and baritone singer in opera on the on the forty fourth, and you have Midori, you know, who, who's who's a world class and world renowned uh, violinist. So uh, you have to literally strike every chord, in in your job. That's your job to strike every chord. And so I I try to I, I come in open, and then we try to lay out, and I'll do some mock ups for them to just get a feel because it's got to be right. You got one shot, you know. One shot up there on that stage with with the whole audience in the world looking at you, paying homage to. And sometimes, you know, it's it's uh, it's nerve wracking. I remember uh, uh, Cynthia Revo just won the Tony and was booked to be on the show. And she was booked to sing for Mavis Staples, uh, who was being honored. And but there was also a spot where. They wanted to pay tribute to John F. Kennedy. And it would have been his 100th birthday. And we needed a song and we needed a performer. So I uh, did some research and looking and listening. And uh, the song that I thought would be appropriate was uh, The Impossible Journey. Mm -hmm. And I thought that Cynthia Revo would be the perfect person to do it and moved her from the other tribute. And I remember her right before when we were at commercial, right before the performance, I could sense that there was some nerves there and she's, she's amazing. She's done a lot of things, but this is a big moment, you know, 
for her. And I went over to her on the side of the stage and gave her a big hug and said, I said, uh, you know, something like, you know, this is, this is, this is the, the, this, this moment is yours is to do what you will or something, you know, something, uh, you know, uh, trying to inspire her to breathe, let go and just be present. And, uh, and if you get a chance to look at that, uh, Aretha was in the audience and there's a, there's a, a point where Aretha is singing along with her, with Cynthia and Aretha's eyes are closed and she's singing along with Cynthia. I mean, if that's not a chill, uh, you know, a, a, a moment where you'll never forget, you know, uh, and I didn't know that until I saw the show until we, you know, until we finished mixing it, that that was the, that was the shot, uh, that shot was still in, in the show, you know, those are the moments I go for. Yeah. Um, you mentioned, um, you know, choosing the songs and what you think would be right for each artist. Do you find that it's more of a collaboration with the artist on deciding what song is right? Or do you frequently bring the song that you feel is best for the artist and they usually go along with it? I don't have a dog in the race. I want whatever whatever resonates for them because I'm not singing it. Right. And and what I think is exactly that. That's what I think. It's not it's not fact and i don't think that that it's a matter of of percentage of which ones i pick or which ones they pick i'd rather the percentage of which which performances really connect that's what i want i want the the, the that connects with the honoree and with the audience that they that they feel it that they leave feeling inspired moved encouraged you know i mean listen to the possible listening to the impossible dream that alone is encouraging and 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 moving and you know i mean we all have dreams you know and sometimes they seem impossible i mean we have road you know we have challenges that seem insurmountable like i i don't know if i'm going to be able to get get over this time I mean, i've done it in the past but this one is a is a is a tall climb and steep and and treacherous you know yeah um as mentioned at the top you're nominated twice for each of these Kennedy Center honors, the 43rd and 44th. Um, you've been nominated several times in the past, but do you feel that these two are particularly special given the extra obstacles that you had to endure executing these spectacular shows? Well, yes and no. Yes, because it was very challenging, but no, because every single production has had to face this. Like, yeah. I'm not alone. Like, every... TV show. I mean, there's so many shows still now that are shutting down because of COVID, and mm -hmm. and the world is in a different place now, you know. Yeah. And um, so many losses, you know. Mm -hmm. And we can't turn our back and think it's necessarily about the job or the awards or or the you know. Uh, or the honorees when it gets to it. I mean, any of us could have, could have not made it through. Mm -hmm. And many are still struggling now. So I look at this where it is. Sure, I'm grateful to be nominated. And, and it'd be nice to win. But, you know, I'd give up the win for if someone else were able to live another day. You know, that's that's more important. Absolutely. And, and, their, and their families and how they're affected. You know, for those of us who... Or, or who make it through this, um, for us, the, there are no losses, only lessons, 
for us to learn how to be kinder, more gentler, uh, more caring to for each other and and really respectful. I mean, there's so much to learn for us this this the world right now. And so I I would hope that people, you know, they'll, they'll do their voting and someone will win and someone won't. But uh, I think being nominated is is you already won, you know. And more importantly, the nomination is nice, and you feel you you've won in that sense. But I think that um, to work in this business, you're winning. You know, yeah. if you're never nominated for an award, you're like you're one of the few who 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 dare to dream and go towards that dream, and and hope that it works out. You know, it doesn't always work out, you know, unfortunately. And, but the great thing is for all of us, we have many gifts. So whatever you're doing now, if it's not working, you have other gifts. So lean into those. You know, that's what I always say. I was a math computer science major at UCLA, you know, and I could I could have done that and I could still do that. Yeah. At, at any point, there's, I, you know, there's not only one thing that I can do, but one thing that I love to do. So I say to people who are looking at, this as a career, uh, there are many options out there for you. So just go to them and find the thing that 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 lights your fire, that lights your soul and makes you feel alive. This may be a bit premature, but um, sh- should we expect you to be working on the next Kennedy Center honors or is it too soon to tell? Yeah, it's too soon right okay. now. Yeah. But but I, but I, I mean, I hope to. But, you know, there there's we, there's. Several other things that are are coming up. So, can you uh, share? You know, right. Well, one, well, one, one in particular. We just finished filming. We don't have an air date yet. We finished back in in April, but it's uh, the Paul Simon uh, Grammy salute. Paul Simon, and I've been fortunate to be a part of these Grammy salute, you know, series. Yeah. <clears throat> and he was so great in his tribute to Lorne at this last. Um, Kennedy yeah. Center honor. So that's no, he, great. It's he, incredible. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, you're good. <coughs> um, well, I was just going to say to wrap this up, congratulations on both of your nominations. And I know that the Emmys are just a few days after your birthday. So hopefully you'll be getting a belated birthday present on the 12th. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, no, well, no. Actually, <laughs> my category is the uh, third. Oh, okay. So you'll get an early birthday present, hopefully. Yes, I'm going to rock into my birthday riding my Emmy down the street. There we go. I'm going to put it, uh, uh, I'm going to mount it at the front of the car and just roll around the neighborhood. (laughs) And the odds are good. Two out of five. So you have a 40% chance. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. I didn't think (laughs) about that. So, so yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, hey, you know, at this point, uh, I I can't believe I can't believe that I get to do this. So wherever however it lands, everyone nominated deserves uh, to win. So it just uh, it, I someone said to me when I won after many years of of doing this work and being nominated, I started doing music as a, a music director on TV in '91 with Whitney Houston. It was an HBO special, and uh, I got my first nomination in 2005. And got my first win in 2017. Mm-hmm. When I won, you know, people were saying, you know, you finally got what you deserve. But I think that if you're nominated, you deserve. And I just think it's just not your time. When you win, it's your time. It's yeah. okay, you know, and good for everyone. And know? as you can see in the category, it's just been such an incredible year for music yeah. direction with 
Super Bowl, SNL, and the obviously the Tony Bennett, Lady Gaga farewell. Um, yeah. um, well, thanks so much, Ricky. I really appreciate your time and have a great rest of your Sunday. All right. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for tuning in. Please take a moment to subscribe to The Hollywood Podcast for free on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Until next time, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Max Geshwind. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.